Welcome to Sunday Schmooze with Rabbi Mendy Kievman from the Chabad House Jewish Community Center on Cedar Street in Milford. Sit back, relax, and enjoy a stimulating discussion of news and humor from a Jewish perspective. Ladies and gentlemen, here's Rabbi Mendy. Welcome to Sunday Shmooze with Rabbi Mendy. I'm so excited that you're here to be with us today. You know, although I have this fancy coffee cup that keeps my coffee warmer for longer, I think we should start off the show with a prayer. Um, and that way I get to drink it when it's really hot. So thank you very much uh, for the cup. But let's begin. If you have a yarmulke, let's put it on our heads. Today's world needs an extra prayer. So why not start off right away? Start off the schmooze. Before we schmooze, let's not snooze. Okay, yarmulke on your head. Let's begin with the prayer. With Rebbe told us that during war times, this is a prayer that actually brings love and understanding between people as we accept upon ourselves the mitzvah to love your fellow as yourself. Let's repeat after me. Hareni, mikabel, alai, mitzvas, asei, shel, ve'ahafta, l'reacha, kamocha. I hereby take upon myself the positive commandment to love your fellow as yourself. Now cover your eyes with your right hand and let's say the blessing, the Shema, together. Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Baruch Shem Kivod Malchuso Le'olam Va'ed. And you know, one of the good things that we're still in the month of Adar, yesterday was Shabbos Mevorchim Nisan. It was a Shabbos where we blessed the new month of Nisan. We also took out a second Torah because we read a special Torah portion which talks about the red heifer, um, purity and impurity. And as we're getting closer to Passover and in temple times, Everyone would bring the Paschal lamb, the lamb that they would eat during the Seder. They'd bring it as a sacrifice before the Seder. 
uh, to the temple and then would eat it during the Seder. That was the, the, the most important staple of the Seder. So in order to bring a sacrifice, you had to be pure. So anyone who, was, who became impure through um, coming in contact with death in any form, whether they were in a cemetery or came to touch uh, a dead body, would have to go through a process of purity. And that mitzvah was always remind we were always reminded about it before Passover. So that way, when we come to Passover, we're all in a pure state. So we are already we so we bless the new month of Nisan, the month of Passover, but we're still in the month of Adar, the month filled with joy and celebration. But also around here, it turns out something interesting. You know what? What is the most famous filling for hamantashen? Come on, you know that one. It's called mun. It's called mun. Mun is the poppy seed mixture they stick in the hamantashen. Some people love it. Some people abhor it. I happen to love it. I'm one of those. I know Marty loves it, and I know many others do. And some people don't. But the reason why it's called mun is because it's it, it, the poppy seeds have a similarity. The, the poppy seed mixture, that is, has a similarity to the, the mun, the mana as you know it, that fell from heaven on um, during when the Jews were in the desert, and because of that, um, it's called man. Eh, that's what it's called. Anyway, I happen to love those. But one of the things about hamantaschen is that as long as they're in the house, you can eat them. They like never go stale or something. I don't know. It's got to be that special um, property that it has from the original man. But because we're still in the month of Adar, we still haven't finished all of our hamantash, and so I get to have a hamantash today as well. So if you have a cookie or a cake and you want to say a blessing together with me on that, you can say the blessing with me. Otherwise, you can um, just simply say amen to my blessing. Here we go. Baruch atah Adonai Eloheinu melech haolam borei minei mizonos. Either way, I hope you have a drink. I have my hot coffee. So let's say bracha together. Baruch ata Adonai Eloheinu melech haolam shehakol nihia bidvaro. That was good. A little hot, but good. When you have the right tools, everything works out fine. You have the right cup, it works out fine. You know how it is. They always say, if you have the right tool to do the job correctly, you'll do the job correctly. I was mentioning over Shabbos. Oh, wait, 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 wait. We didn't get tzedakah yet. Okay. You have a coin? Let's put it in the pushka. Right, the pushka should make noise. You know, when this noise from the pushka allows us to remember that doing a mitzvah should make noise. We should make noise when we do a mitzvah. Be proud, loud and proud. All too often, we're hiding away. Let's do this loud and proud. Because that's how mitzvahs need to be done. Um, 
I think there was a discussion in the women's group uh, yesterday. Rachi told me a little bit about it, about the concept of being loud and proud, and how sometimes our parents or grandparents, when they came over t- to the United States, they decided to hide their Yiddishkeit. You know, hide the, the, the way we dress, hide what we, we do that shows that we're Jewish. Okay, you're not going to go get plastic surgery for your nose. But other than that, we try to hide it, you know, more Goyish than the Goyim, right? But it turns out that the exact opposite is true. As one of the participants in uh, the women's discussion group yesterday, we have, you know, you know we have a schlounge, right? And in the schlounge, we have, uh, the schlounge is a shul lounge. Every Shabbos, the women get together for a discussion on the weekly Torah portion. And one of the women, I understand, um, shared a story about herself that, you know, when she went to, uh, you know, moved into a certain neighborhood. I may be saying the story incorrectly because I wasn't there, but the story is more or less correct. You know, she was told, hide, you know, the, the mug and David, the Jewish star that she was wearing around her neck, hide it. And that, you know, had an effect on, on her all through her years. But then, most recently, when she applied for a, a new job, and, and just before her last interview, she said to the interviewers, I just want to let you know that I can't work on Friday, late on Friday or on Friday because of Shabbos. You know, I have to light Shabbos candles and I, and I can't come in. And there was a possibility that would have not hired her. You know, they say in Hebrew... Hebrew word of the day brought to you by the Armenians. Mali Azos. Why do I need this pain? Why do I need this pain? Mali Azos. Why do I need this uh, pain for? But instead, the opposite happened. They were so excited. We're so happy to hire somebody that is dedicated to a higher cause. In this case, dedicated to Yiddishkeit, dedicated to their true inner essence, their true self, which is for every Jew, it's their soul. It's their connection to God, and so on. So that's a beautiful thing that goes on here on Shabbos. But we were talking about the fact that um, throughout the year, we make connections. Throughout the years, we're here in the, in the Milford area, 21 years. And throughout the years, we've built an amazing community. We've made many, many connections. Thousands of people we've interacted with over the years. But then... Once a year, during the time of Purim and Pesach, they come right after each other, we get the chance to interact with more people. And that's because Purim, we send out hundreds of shalachmanas to uh, people that we, you know, we're connected to in some way or another. But then this year, as I announced in the past, we took on a, a daunting task. When I say a daunting task is, the best matzah to have for Passover, or at the very least for the Seder, is shmura matzah. Shmura, the word shmura, another Hebrew word for the day brought to you by the Armenians. Shmura means watched, guarded. You ever hear the term Shomer Shabbos? Shomer Shabbos is somebody who guards the Shabbos or keeps the Shabbos. You see, matzah is a very interesting being. It's a very interesting food. Because the food that you're not allowed to eat on Passover is really made up of the exact same ingredients of the food that you have to eat on Passover. 
Does that make any sense? Okay, if it doesn't make any sense, I'll tell you why. I'll tell you how to make sense of this. If you're able to make sense of the fact that they make pizza round, they make a round pizza, they give it to you in a square box, and then you eat it as a triangle. If you can make sense of that, you can make sense of anything I say. But a boom. Anyway, what is the two ingredients that make something not kosher for Passover? The basic, I mean, there's many, but the basic point is water and flour. If water and flour mix together and it's not carefully taken care of that it shouldn't rise, it becomes what's known as chametz. Chametz is something you're not allowed to eat on Passover. Now, what's an example of that? Breads, right? What do you do? You, you, you put the wheat, the, I'm sorry, the, the flour and the water together, and then it expands, it rises, and eventually it becomes bread. Pastas, anything. The difference between those and matzah is that matzah is made really quickly. So, so quickly that it has no time to rise. And they do, besides being made quickly, they're actually constantly working with it, so it never has a chance to rise. Anyone who's ever made bread or challah knows that one of the things you got to do is you got to leave the dough, preferably in a warm room, to let it rise. Sometimes you add yeast also, but even flour, on, flour and water on its own, if just left alone, will rise to some extent. So matzah has to be made from when it becomes the water and the, and the flour mix until it becomes matzah, until it's baked. It has to be under 80 minutes. Now, if you've ever been in an actual matzah bakery, you'll know that in the Shmur matzah bakeries, it takes less than three, maybe four minutes to from when the flour and water mix until it comes out of the oven. They work so quickly. The flour and water is an exact, precise amount, which is weighed, and they, and they pour it in together. As soon as they pour it in together, the guy who's kneading the dough does it so quickly and so well that there's not a single speck in the in the. They have a metal bowl. At, when the guys finish making the, the dough in like a minute or so, there's not a speck left in the dough in the in the bowl, and then it goes to the table where they roll it out by hand. They're using wooden rollers. And then it goes to another table where they make holes in it. And the holes is not so that the matzah should feel like it's braille. That's really not why it's there. The reason for the holes. Do you know why the reason for the holes? You don't know why, huh? The reason for the holes, you know, of course you do. The reason for the holes is so that when it's baking, the ear can go through the matzah. Because what would happen if it did not have holes? If the dough was put straight into the oven without holes. If you've ever been to a good falafel place in Israel, you know the answer. Because you'll watch them make the falafel, the, the pita. When they're making the pita, they don't put any holes in it. It's a flat dough. You put it in the oven, and of course, it, it starts rising with ear going into the middle. And you get a pita. On Passover, we're not allowed to have pita. So on Passover, what we do is we make holes in the dough so that the ear and the heat... That's in the oven, which, by the way, the oven heat, you know, how, how, much, how high do you cook in your, in your house when you bake a, a cake? What is it, 350? 450? I don't know. I don't, I don't bake cakes, so I, I'm assuming it's like 350 or 450. 
the most that your oven in your house goes up to is probably 550 or maybe 600 degrees, right? The oven in a matzah bakery, in a shmura matzah bakery, goes up to over 2,000 degrees. So when they put that matzah into the oven, it's in there for 5 or 10 seconds, and it's ready to come out all baked. And sometimes you'll see a matzah, a shmur matzah, might even be a little bit on the burn side because the guy maybe left it in there for 12 seconds or 14 seconds. He didn't get it out quick enough. So that's how shmur matzah is made. It's made, oh, oh, one more thing. From when they cut the wheat off of the stalks or when they cut it off of the field, it is constantly being watched that no water comes in contact with that, with the grain, then it's ground on a stone grinder and always careful they they clean it out and they make sure there's no water in the area because if there was water in the in the vicinity of the the flower it might begin the rising process and and the total time from when water and flower can can combine and still be kosher for passover is under 18 minutes so they're very very careful that no water comes in contact with it all the way through till the end of the process. Until the one time, obviously, when you're making the dough, obviously then you have to have the water connects or combines with the flour. This Shmura Matzah is talked about in Kabbalah. In the Zohar, it tells us that this Shmura Matzah is the best matzah to eat during the Seder. It's, it's almost like holy matzah. That according, in a spiritual sense, the Kabbalah tells us that if you eat this matzah on the nights of the Seder, it's like a medicine. It's food of faith and it's the food of healing. Think about that. How many of us maybe need a little boost of faith? If not today, maybe at another time you may have felt you need a boost of faith. And definitely, we all need, you know, we talked about vaccines, getting a shot in the arm. We all need a shot in the arm of good healing. Not just physical healing, but spiritual healing as well. And Kabbalah is known to have miraculous ways. And the Kabbalah tells us, if you eat Shmur Matzah on the first two nights of Pesach, after nightfall, that Shmur Matzah is the food of healing and the food of faith. And so, the Rebbe asked us to make sure that as many Jews as possible in your community has the opportunity to eat from this food of faith and food of healing. And so, every year, we try to reach, you know, 50, 75. It's really difficult, you know, to go around and, and, and go, drive your car because the Jews in our community don't live in, on the same block. You know, in, in, in Brooklyn or in, or in Brookline, you can drive around three blocks and you, and, and you can meet, you know, a thousand Jews. But in the greater Milford area, we have a, a, an amazing community, but we live very, very far and spread apart. And so you got to get in your car. Sometimes you're driving three houses down, but sometimes you're driving three miles till you get to the next Jewish house. So every year I go around myself or... Rachi does, and we give out 50, 75, 100 matzahs. But this year, we decided for two reasons. We want to bring, bring an end to the war in Ukraine. 
And this year is the Rebbe's 120th birthday. And we thought, for such a, a momentous occasion, we should do something special. And in the beginning, I said, yeah, you know what? Every year we give 100, maybe I'll give 200 this year. We'll give out to 300 people. You know, every year we give out one matzah. This year we'll give out two matzahs to each person. But then Rachi said, no, 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 no. Firstly, we should give out three matzahs. And that way, people can have it for their Seder. You know, complete three matzahs. And then, if there's any left over, they'll have it for the second night. And for those that request, we'll give them six matzahs. I said, wow, that's a big undertaking. First of all, to pack those matzahs. And then we decided we're going to give out to 500 people. 500 households in our community should get matzah. And we, we randomly are taking names from our mailing list and we're delivering matzah. But the only little problem happened was when I actually went to the uh, wholesaler to buy the matzah, I would say it's by mistake, but nothing happens by mistake. We ended up buying enough matzah to give to almost 800 people. And so that's what we're going to be doing. And we already began last week. And I try to go every day to deliver matzah. I load up my car with 25 matzahs or so. And we start driving. I have a list. Rachi put together an amazing program. Well, there's a, an app out there where she uses the app and, and it actually just tells me where the next house is. And like I said, sometimes the house is two doors down from each other. You know, in Millis, we have a bunch of houses of, of Jews living right next to each other. Within, within um, you know, a half a mile, there's... 20 Jewish houses or something. And then, and, and, and you just drive from one to the other and you get, deliver, sometimes you get to meet the people, sometimes not. But then today is really amazing because today a whole bunch of volunteers are coming to Chabad right after Hebrew school today to pick up matzah. They're going to get a root and they're going to put it into the app. Oh, actually, Rachi took care of that for them already. And they're going to go from house to house and deliver not just matzah. It's a special matzah it's the matzah of food and faith. I'm sorry, the matzah of healing and faith to be eaten during the Seder. And at the same time, make those connections with all the Jewish people they meet along the way and inspire them and to make them realize, you know what? We're living in an amazing community and an amazing time and we are ready to bring Mashiach. And you may ask, it's a daunting task. To think that we go from 100 matzahs to now close to 800 different households that we're going to go to in the greater Milford area. How do we do that? What, what's the motivating factor to help us do it? And the answer is, it's determination and tenacity. You know, when you know that something's got to get done, every Jewish mother knows this. You know, is taking care of your children an option? No. But I have a job, but I have work, but I have other responsibilities. It doesn't matter. You ask a Yiddish mama, you ask a Jewish mother, but how do you take care of your kids and do all those things at the same time? And the answer is always going to be the same thing because it wasn't an option. Raising my Yiddish kindalach, raising my Jewish children, that's the Yiddish word for the day brought to you by Kate's Financial Services. Yiddish kindalach, kindalach are children, Yiddish are Jewish. Raising Yiddish kindalach is not an option. Yes, I will. No, I won't. It's something we don't have a choice. We just do it because that's what's expected of us. Determination and tenacity.
And once you decide that you're going to do it, and that's what we decided we're going to do, there's nothing stopping us. Obviously, having an amazing community of people that are standing up, coming, what do you call getting up to the plate? No, come on, I need some baseball uh, terminology here. Stepping up to the plate. I think that's how you say it. If so, Somebody will correct me. Stepping up to the plate, ready to go, spend an hour, two hours, three hours, and give out the matzah. And give out the Yiddish spark to the people in our community comes from people who are determined to make a difference, a positive difference in other people's lives. And you can do it too. You can be an MVP. You know, MVP, talking about baseball again, most valuable player, right? A mitz- be part of the mitzvah volunteer project. You get to bring mitzvahs, to do mitzvahs, and bring joy and happiness to someone else. It's easy. Just send an email to myself, rabbi at gachabad.com, or to Rachi, R-O-C-H-Y at gachabad. R-O-C-H-Y at gachabad.com. Rachi is R-O-C-H-Y. You wrote it down? Okay. Send her an email and say you want to be an MVP. You want to be part of this mitzvah volunteer project. And you want to be able to bring joy to Jewish people, to your fellow neighbors. And Rachel will put together a route for you. But remember, it takes determination and tenacity. And this year, we did something extra special. I told you one of the reasons we decided to give out extra matzah this year was because we know, as Rabbi Levitansky from Sumi told us on, our, on the Zoom calls that we had, that when we do mitzvahs, when we do mitzvahs over here in the greater Milford area, it is helping the people of Ukraine. We may not understand how that works, but you do realize God does rule the world. And if that's the case, then our mitzvah being done right here has an effect across the globe. And that's why we're giving out these matzahs, and that's why this year we made sure to buy our matzah, or at least most of it, we bought from a bakery in, the, in Ukraine. It's in a city called Dnepr. And we bought the matzah from there. It's, you know, it's a way to support them. Obviously, the matzah, I don't know if it was baked now during the war, but it was definitely sent and shipped to the United States before the war began. And I don't know if the, if the bakery is still open. But they have a, 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 a very high-end uh, matzah bakery in Dnepr in Ukraine. And the matzah was shipped to, to uh, New York. And we went to the warehouse to pick it up. And we're very excited. You may see that on the box, some of you are getting that box that says on it, made in Ukraine. Some of you don't say it on the box, but all the matzah that's being delivered uh, by our volunteers were all from Ukraine. Again, if you want to join, just let us know. But here's an amazing song, Benny Friedman's song, Rabbi Yeshua Omer. It's a song about our very you know, famous Rabbi Gordon, Rabbi Yeshua, Rabbi Josh Gordon, who talks about how the Rebbe told him that the way to get things done is through hard work, elbow grease, and never giving up. The beginning of the song is the voice of Rabbi Yeshua, Rabbi Josh Gordon, reading the actual answer, the response he received from the Rebbe. One time he was going through a very, very difficult time in his shlichus, in his uh, work as a shliach there in California, where our dear friend, the Armin's, 
currently uh, summer. You know, they summer over there and they come and live here in, in Milford. Okay, they summer there for more, you know, weeks or months of the year than they should. But either way, um, in, a, in Encino, California, and he, he was going through a rough patch and he wrote to the Rebbe asking for, for the, Rebbe, the Rebbe for a blessing and for guidance. And the first words of the song is, his, is the response he received from the Rebbe. Enjoy. If you want to succeed, you need two things. Number one, you need to make a decision to work hard. You get up very early in the morning and pound the pavement. But that's not enough. Sheyach l'itlavit b'meretz with alacrity. Ubi b'tochen chazak and with tremendous faith and trust. Viho ikir. Sheyach l'itlavit b'meretz. Ubi b'tochen chazak. Ask it all. Ask it all. Move 
That's right, as Benny sings over there, the Ebeshev at Helfen Zicher, that's a Yiddish saying that God will surely help, but you need to put in the effort. You put in the effort, and then God will do what needs to be done. There's that famous story, I may have mentioned it a few weeks ago. There was a great Jewish scholar who didn't have a lot of money. But he owned this large boulder, a big rock, that he knew would be well used at the Holy Temple in Jerusalem. And the problem was, he couldn't carry it. And he didn't have the money to pay anyone to help him schlep it. So he, he prayed to God. You know what schlep means, by the way? Schlep means to pull. But there are a whole bunch of other connotations to that word, which we'll talk about on a different week. We'll put it for the Yiddish word for the week on a different week. So he prayed to God, and he asked God for help. And out of the blue, a group of four angels, well, he didn't know they were angels, but four guys showed up, and they said, you know what? We'll help you carry that rock up to Jerusalem. Say, oh, that's wonderful, but I can't afford to pay. No, 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 don't worry about it. The only thing is, we need you to stick your finger underneath the rock. Put a finger in there. You ever hear the saying, put a finger in cold water? They said, put your finger under the rock. Maybe that's where the saying came from. Put your finger under the rock. And then these four angels just lifted the rock, and he kept his finger under the rock, as if he was helping to carry it. He was obviously not doing much. But sometimes all it takes is a little bit of effort on our own part. Instead of just giving up and saying, I, I, I can't do it. Try. And try something else. And this goes to every aspect of our lives. So often, we're so worried about the world crumbling down around us. Our personal pr- world crumbling around us. Uh, you hear from the doctor about a health issue, and you say, oh my gosh, this is the worst possible thing. And then, you give up. But you don't. Because you know what the Hasidic masters teach us, that you constantly have to strive to work harder and harder. Never, ever give up. Never, never give up. No matter what is going on. And Altis Yesh can fall under the category of our Aramaic word of the day brought to you by Peter. Altis Yesh means never give up. Never f- fall into a, a, a level of melancholy where I just can't do it. There's nothing to do. The doctor told me this terrible, terrible news. It's all over. How many of us have heard that story over and over again? When we thought the, the world was crumbling around us and all of a sudden the sun started shining like it's shining outside today. So I was telling you about giving out matzah. That obviously means that you have to make sure that you have shmura matzah at your seder. Oh, well, that also obviously means that you have a seder. Whether you're doing a seder at home 
or you're going to some relative or friend to have the Seder, or best possible scenario, you join us for the Seder. So as we always do at every holiday, we have a special, beautiful, well-designed website for your Pesach Passover needs. Pesach is Hebrew, Passover is English. Your Passover or Pesach needs are all there on the website. Anything you could possibly think of is there. And if it's not, with a click of a button, you send me an email and we'll help you take care of that too. Whether it is the best possible scenario that you join us for the Seder. And when you go to, to JewishMA.com, there's a, uh, you know, a menu across the top. Or if you're on your phone, it might be a little button you got to push, like those four lines or whatever, and then the menu drops down. And you have the first uh, piece on the menu is Seder Reservations. And in Seder Reservations, you can register to join us for the Seder on the first night or the second night. Now, the first night is one of those uh, famous things we do. We figured out a way how to have had what we call get out of Egypt quick Seder. The 90-minute Seder on Cedar. You see, the real truth is that every part of the religious, you know, the mitzvahs of the Seder, the four cups of wine, the matzah, the marar, all of that needs to be done after nightfall. And now, because we're after we change the clocks, nightfall is literally in this in, in our area... 8.12 p.m. And you're, you might be living, might be a few minutes one way or the other of 8 o'clock. But that's what time nightfall is. And you can't fulfill the mitzvahs of the Seder before then. So what do you do? Especially if you have children. So we came up with a very clever idea. And that is we're doing the 90-minute Seder on Seder. But what happens is before the 90 minutes begin, we're going to be getting together here at Chabad. We're going to have something to eat. We'll have some of the meal in advance, and then at exactly the time when we're allowed to begin the Seder, we begin. And within 90 minutes, we get through the whole Seder. And the good news is, you, or if you bring children with you, they're not going to be hungry because they would have eaten already before we began the Seder. And then we go through the Seder, we have the matzah, and obviously the brisket. I shouldn't really tell it the secret, but this year we're going to be having smoked brisket. And when I tell you that the taste of that is really heavenly, it really, really is. And this year we have a special from Yaskez Select. We're going to be getting the most amazing smoked brisket that we're going to be eating during our Seder. You don't want to miss it. Some of you were lucky enough to have a taste of that at our Purim uh, party. After the party was over, we had a, 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 a what do you call it, a after party. We had an after party party. We had a Fabrengen after, after the Purim party. And at the Fabrengen, in honor of Peter's birthday, Rachi served a, uh, um, a, uh, a smoked brisket slices in honor of... It was like a birthday cake, but a brisket cake. A, brisket, a birthday brisket. And it was out of this world. It was out of this world. Everyone was like, where do you get the stuff? And we really don't want to give out that secret. But the truth is, if you want to order some of that, you can. You can order for yourself if, for your Seder, um, but you have to reach out to me uh, privately for that and because we don't have it on our website. We're getting that catered for us, as I said, from Yuska Select, and we're really excited that this year we're going to be able to serve that at our Seders. It's going to be out of this world delicious. And because it's a Friday night, 
You know, there's no school the next day. There's no work the next day. So both Friday night and Saturday night are perfect times for a Seder. So we're very happy that we're going to be doing that. And we hope you'll join us for the Seder. But what if you can't? What if you're used to doing it at home or you want to do it with family? Whatever it is. So then we have the Seder to go. And that is it became a big hit last year. We put together Seder kits that has everything you need. It's got a Seder plate. It's got um, the three matzahs for the Seder. It's got all the, the different uh, vegetables that you need for the Seder plate, the, the, the chicken neck and the um, uh, uh, lettuce and the, and the bitter herbs, which is, uh, what do they call it, ground um, um, horseradish. What else we got on the Seder? You know, the egg on the Seder plate, the uh, parsley or onion on the Seder plate, all that stuff. All put in a box, and, and oh, and a kiddush cup of fancy silver. Well, not really silver, but it looks silver. Kiddush cup and a bottle of grape juice or wine. You got that all on a seder kit to go, and all for just a mere thirty-six dollars. That seder kit to go will be ready for you on Friday, the day before Pesach, fresh, so you have it for your seder plate. What if you can't afford thirty-six dollars? No problem. We have a subsidized seder kit as well, and then you can put in any price you want to pay for that Seder kit, and you have one for your Seder table. And you can get enough matzah for both nights. You can get extra matzah to have for more people. All that is on the website. So you have the Seder uh, uh, on the top of the page. Then you have the Seder to go. Then you have plate participate. If you want to help sponsor a plate, a Seder plate or a meal for a, for a person or a family that can't afford it, Go to plate, participate, and you can participate in the big mitzvah, which is a huge mitzvah, by the way. The, one of the biggest mitzvahs when it comes this time of year is to help people have a Seder, whether it's to help them buy matzah, whether it's to help them to buy wine, meat, chicken, fish, all those things. It's a great mitzvah. It's called ma'os chitim, the money of, of, of wheat. Wheat, obviously, is referring to the matzah because usually the most expensive part of Pesach is the matzah. But every part of Pesach, if you can help someone with their Pesach meal, you should do it. There's a story about a, a, a single mom who went to visit the rabbi. And he, she says to the rabbi, Rabbi, I have a question. I have a halachic question, a Jewish law question. Can I use milk for the four cups at the Seder. You know, what are we supposed to drink at the Seder, right? Four cups of wine. If you can't drink wine, you drink four cups of grape juice. She asked, can I use four cups of milk? So Rabbi said to her, just wait here one minute. And he went to the other room and he said to his wife, I need a, I need $1,000. She said, $1,000? Yeah, yeah, I need $1,000. She said, okay. They pull out of their drawer, $1,000. He goes into the other room, hands the woman the $1,000. The woman says, thank you. Good yomtif. And he wishes her well and blesses her to have a great year. And she leaves. The wife, the Rebetzin, the rabbi's wife is bewildered. She asked you a simple Jewish law question. Her question was, can I use milk for the Seder? It's a yes and no question. Why'd you pay her? You paid it? Well, you paid her. You didn't know the answer. So you paid her off to leave? The rabbi explained to her, no, 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 no. That's not what it is. You see, when she asked me the question, can I use milk for the Seder? She was basically telling me, telling me something else. Because what would happen if you drink four cups of milk during the Seder? You obviously can't eat meat. Right? Because you're not allowed to eat milk and meat in the same meal. 
So by asking that question, she was pointing out to the rabbi that she simply didn't have the means to buy provisions for the meal of the Seder. She didn't have the money to be able to buy food for the Seder. So the rabbi, the clever rabbi, and all rabbis should be that clever, be able to see beyond the question. Sometimes when someone asks you a question, you have to answer the person, not the question. Obviously, you have to answer the question. But sometimes you have to see beyond the question. And here the rabbi was able to see that she was asking, I don't have any money for food, but she wasn't able to say that to the rabbi, that she doesn't have money to buy meat for her, her table. But the rabbi understood that and gave her a beautiful donation so that she can go and buy meat and fish and salads and, of course, wine and matzah for her seder. So you can go to that website, jewishma.com, and on the menu, play participate, and you can take part in that big mitzvah. And then there's two more important things you want to know. Number one, I'm going to talk to you about, I'm, I'm, I'm a businessman, buy and sell, okay? This is the time when you need to buy stuff and you need to sell stuff. What do you need to buy? What do you need to sell? So the first thing you need to know is if you need matzah, wine, um, or any other provisions for your Seder, you go to our website and you click on the, the, the place where it says matzah and wine and you can order anything. You want to buy the Israeli-Ukrainian matzah, you can buy the New York matzah, which unfortunately gets more and more expenses, expensive every year. Uh, you can buy, now there's some people say, I can't eat matzah. Why can't you eat matzah? Oh, I can't eat matzah because I can't eat gluten. But it's a big mitzvah to eat matzah. So somebody has come up with an answer to that, and you can buy gluten-free oat matzah. But again, supplies are very limited. I suggest you go today and order because I'm only going to be at the supplier twice between now and Passover. And tomorrow is one of those days I'll be at the supplier. So I prefer if anyone who needs matzah or wine or any of the other provisions, go to our website, jewishma.com, and click on matzah and wine and make your order today. You can also order um, chicken and fish and, and beef, all different things you want to order, and we'll have it for you um, before Pesach. And finally, I said you got to buy, you also got to sell. Now, I'm, I'm going to give you an option to sell something where you're not going to make any real profit. You see, during the holiday of Passover, we're commanded to ha- not have any chametz in our possession. That's right. Any food that's made out of grain that has been allowed to rise, ferment, is called chametz. As we talked earlier, common chametz items are bread, cakes, you know, the breakfast cereals, pastas, most uh, liquors, you know, alcoholic drinks. They're made out of different types of grains. So any chametz that was, is now going to be in our possession when it is on Passover, and any chametz that was in our possession during Passover is forbidden even after Passover ends. That is, now even if you take your chametz and you lock it up in a, in a closet, but if it belongs to you, it's as if it's yours, it's in your house, and it's done. You cannot use it after pay. You have to throw it out. So what do we do? You want to hold on to that very expensive scotch you recently got. Or you have a freezer full of bread. Or you have a, 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 a pantry full of pasta. What do you do? You throw it all out? You eat it all before Pesach? Trust me, my diet doesn't need any of those extra carbs. And this is the solution as brought to us in the Torah tells us that you can sell your chametz. So during, in the sale of chametz, the food is sold to a non-Jew before Passover. 
And then after the holiday is over, the non-Jew sells it back. And then it can be once again enjoyed. Now because there are so many details of how this is done, there's a lot of legal, it's a legal uh, sale. This is not a joke. It's a legal sale being sold to a non-Jew. You have to make sure it's done by a competent rabbi. And we have on our website a form you can fill out. Now, please, 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 do not bring your chametz to my house. I'm not going to do anything with it. You keep it in your house. You put it into a, a closet, a drawer, tape it up, lock it up, put it in the basement, whatever it is. And then you, you fill out the form and you stop using it on the day before Pesach, on the Friday, April 15th, you stop using it. And then after it gets sold and after Passover is over, you can take it out and eat it. So it's no charge. It's free of charge. Go to our website. So now you, there you have it. On our website, there's a million things you can do, but the, f- the five most important things on our website is reserve for our Seder or get yourself a Seder to-go kit or buy matzah and wine and other provisions or sell your chametz. And number five is take part in the plate, participate. Take part in ma'os chitim. Take part in helping Others celebrate Passover. Passover is all about redemption. Redemption from our exodus, I'm sorry, the exodus from our slavery in Egypt. And we wait every day for our current exodus, from our current Egypt, the redemption through the coming of Mashiach. So we have two great songs. Firstly, we're lucky enough to have Hani in the studio here. And she's going to sing for us a very famous Mashiach song, because we really want Mashiach now. And then I'll play a song by Mendy Jeropi, a great singer from Israel, called Geula, a song of redemption. Go ahead, Khani, take it away. Am Yisrael will have no fear, Mashiach will be here this year. Am Yisrael will have no fear, Mashiach will be here this year. We want Mashiach now, we want Mashiach now, we want Mashiach now, we don't want to wait. We want Mashiach now, we want Mashiach now, we want Mashiach now, we don't want to wait.
אתה משיח, אני אני מאמין, אני אני מאמין, באמונה שלמה, ובי אתה משיח, אני מאמין, אני אני מאמין, באמונה שלמה, ובי אתה משיח, אני אני מאמין, אני אני מאמין, באמונה שלמה, ובי אתה משיח, אני מאמין, גאולה mentioned earlier that we're coming up to the Rebbe's 120th birthday, which we'll be celebrating on the 11th day of Nisan. This coming Shabbos is Rosh Chodesh. It's the beginning of the new month of Nisan. I mentioned that yesterday we blessed the month, and then on Shabbos is actually the first day of the new month of Nisan, which, by the way, because of that, this Shabbos is a really special Shabbos, and I want to invite you to join us in Shul, the Shabbos. This is going to be a really special Shabbos to be in Shul. On Saturday morning, we begin at 10 o'clock because this Shabbos is, firstly, it's Rosh Chodesh, so we get to sing the Hallel. Beautiful, beautiful songs as we sing the Hallel, praising Hashem. It's something we do only on Rosh Chodesh, and that only falls out on Shabbos once or twice a year. And we get to do that this year, this Shabbos. Also, you know that every Shabbos, we take out one Torah and we read from the Torah portion. Then there are some Shabbases where we get to take out two Torahs and we read, you know, the Parsha of the week and then an additional portion like this past yesterday. We, we took out two Torahs. One, we read the portion of the week, Shmini, and then we read the portion that talks about the red heifer. This coming Shabbos is very unique. It's going to be similar to Simchas Torah. On Simchas Torah, we take out three Torahs because we're completing the Torah, we're beginning the Torah again, and then we read the Maftir. So the three Torahs come out on Simchas Torah, and the joy is immense. Anyone who's ever been to anywhere on Simchas Torah, how much more so at Chabad, knows that Simchas Torah is one of joy and celebration. This coming Shabbos is going to be like Simchas Torah, because we're going to again take out all three Torahs, the um, Karik Torah, the Rosencrantz Torah, and the Bush Torah. Each of these Torahs are going to come out of the Ark, the Holy Ark, with joy and celebration as we read the weekly Torah portion. Then we read a special portion for Rosh Chodesh, the new month, and a special portion called HaChodesh. And as our, our Jeff Gates told us on Shabbos, that is the mitzvah, the first mitzvah we received in the Torah, which is to make a calendar. Can you imagine that? We have a mitzvah in the Torah to make a calendar. And that we're going to read about in the third Torah that we take out 
uh, this coming Shabbos. So I hope you'll join us for this Shabbos. Now, if Shabbos is the first day of the month, is where I was getting to, the 11th day, 11 days later, is Yud Aleph Nisan. The 11th day in the month of Nisan. And that is the Rebbe's birthday. That's Tuesday, um, April 12th is the Rebbe's birthday. And we're going to be celebrating that. Now, every year at the Rebbe's birthday, some they, they, they pick a new song to commemorate the Rebbe's birthday. Because as one grows older, you recite the chapter of Tehillim of the, the year that you're in. So for instance, if you're 54 years old, you'll be reciting chapter 55 over the course of this year. And then when you turn 55, you'll recite chapter 56. As Hasidim, we all recite the Rebbe's chapter. And this year we're going to be reciting chapter 121. And every day we're going to recite that chapter. At Chabad and Milford, we, we always say it on Shabbos and we sing a song with it. Now, every year, many people compose a song using the words of that chapter of Tehillim. And then there's a, a committee that comes together and they, they pick the best of those songs and that song becomes the song that everyone sings over the course of the year commemorating the Rebbe's year. Um, and they haven't yet, they're getting hundreds of people send in their comp- compilations, compilations, I don't know how to say that. They, they compose a song and they're sending in their compositions to this uh, committee and they listen to all of the songs and then they choose one. In fact, just this morning, uh, Bracha sent me one that has been publicized on, on, on Facebook, I'm sorry, on YouTube, and that was one of the songs that was sent in, and I don't know if that's going to be the one that's going to win or not, so I'm not going to play that one yet. I'm going to wait until there's a winner, because there's so many of them, so many really beautiful songs. I'll wait till there's a winner to play the song on our show. But before then, I want to play for you a song that was sung for the Rebbe's birthday when I was a kid. It's a beautiful song, Odcha. Hashem, I thank my God. Enjoy. I call go in a share of so you trouble for the Hoshem, we have a call go in a share of so you trouble for the Hoshem, we have a Oh wow, indeed it is true. The time flies when you're having fun. I hope you enjoyed the show today. Remember, the website you got to remember for the next three weeks until Pesach comes, jewishma.com. www.jewishma.com. Jewishma.com. That's the site you got to know that has everything you need for all your Passover needs. Please, I'm asking everybody, if you're going to be reserving for the Pesach Seder, which we hope you will, 
If you're going to be ordering matzah, wine, or anything else, please try to take care of it as early as possible. I heard this year there's a number of shortages. There's a shortage, um, there's a shortage on matzah. There is a shortage on chicken. Did you hear about that? There's going to be a shortage on chicken. That's what I heard. So order early so that you can have everything you need for your Seder and order early to reserve for ours because when space runs out, space runs out. Okay, there's only a limited amount of space that we have at our Seder table and we want to make sure that you get a chance to take part in our Seder. JewishMA.com Ladies and gentlemen, I look forward to seeing you, hearing from you sometime between now and next week. And in the meantime, remember, your next deed will change the world. So make it a good one. Lechayim! You've been listening to Sunday Schmooze with Rabbi Mendy Kievman from the Chabad House Jewish Community Center on Cedar Street in Milford. For more information on the Chabad House, including upcoming events, adult programs, Hebrew school, and more, visit gotchabad.com. That's G-O-T-C-H-A-B-A-D.com. Shalom.